As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests, and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio or its employees or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. Welcome to the Ogladsome Light Podcast. This program contains preaching and teaching from an Orthodox Christian perspective to help you in your walk with Jesus Christ and to be victorious in Him. Well, welcome to the show. It's Monday noon and here on WF4CY Radio. The uh, live call in number is 561 623 that's 561-623-9429. We have Skype Radio. Wow. That would be W4CY Radio on the Skype. We also have W4CY.com. And also you can jump into the chat room, call me, chat with me. I mean, we have all the capability here. We're a modern techni- technological radio station here at W4CY. Plus, we're doing a simultaneous broadcast on K4HD Hollywood. That's Hollywood, California. So anybody jumping in the chat room, welcome to the show. And uh, I'm your host, uh, Dr. Al Mayans. I uh, will be with you for this next uh, 50 minutes. And uh, this is the uh, only Christian Orthodox broadcast on iHeartRadio. That's podcasting. It's the only one. I've done a set check, and I don't see it. And I got the guest Belgian Devil in there. That was interesting. Got guest, guest Sadie is in on there. That's good. So today's uh, subject, I've been building up 
you know, every if you go look at the iHeartRadio uh, podcasts of Old Gladsome Light, you'll see I've been on a buildup. Every show seems to be, uh, you know, layered on the top of another show to help build up where I'm at today. And we'll be talking today about the first sermon that St. Peter preached. And that's so powerful that 3,000 souls were saved that day, okay, in the church. And we'll talk about what that's all about in a moment. But let me set a little bit of background on what's going on. Uh, The Spirit of Pentecost came upon the apostles. There was about 120 in the upper room. And Jesus already told them, uh, tarry in Jerusalem until uh, the Comforter comes, the Holy Spirit. And they did that, exactly what the Lord said. They stayed in Jerusalem, and they were in an upper room uh, in obedience. And then a mighty rushing wind, and then cloven tongues of fire were over the top of the apostles and actually went inside of them. And they were filled with with power that they've never felt before. And I'm going to do a show in the near future uh, about uh, Pentecost and the birth of the church and all that stuff and how really the church has been existing from the beginning, way back, way back, way back to the point of when even before the God created the angels, the, the church was already uh, established. And we'll talk more about that in another broadcast But today I just want to focus on on the first sermon of St. Peter and how we can use that today. The the format of St. Peter's sermon, if it worked tremendously in that first century, and if God's Word doesn't change, and it's it's life, and when when the Word of the Lord is spoken, it says in Scripture, it does not turn return void, just like the rain that comes down and waters the earth. It produces something on the earth. It's the same way with God's Word when it's preached that it brings life. Now, uh, interesting thing, if, if you have loved God, oh, then you're going to love His Word. If you don't love God, then you're not going to love that Word because here's a this, here's this contrast that says in Scripture, when we preach the word of God that to some it's life and to some it's death and that's in scripture and uh, someday I'll maybe talk about that but there's so much see I always wonder what am I what's my show topic going to be and and it doesn't take me long to figure out where I'm going to go with the next one and uh, I think next uh, July 4th the uh, studio will be closed Chad I captain. captain okay I didn't know we were sailing we're on the ship right we're on a ship. Hi, Captain. We're on a ship headed for the heavenly port. Oh, I like that. You know? I put a picture up uh, a while back on Facebook, and it showed this boat. And then the apostles were in the boat, and the Lord was steering, had a hand on the rudder, and he was steering the boat. But the, the apostles weren't facing towards the bow. They were facing to the stern, and they had their eyes on the Lord. And so that's the, what we are to do is don't be uh, you know, worried about the direction of the boat. Keep your eyes on the Lord because He knows how to steer or navigate the boat into the heavenly harbor called heaven. So, 
So check that out. You can go back and look at some of my previous posts and see that picture. And it comes out of the rudder. Uh, the Orthodox uh, uh, have a book uh, in Greek. It's called the Pedalion, but uh, in English it's called the rudder. And it has all the canon and dogma of the church contained in it. I think that thing's about that thick. How's that, four inches thick or so? It looks like six. That's a big book, isn't it? I'd say. And uh, I've got that at my house, the rudder, and I look at it all the time. But it's uh, uh, so much uh, so. It, it, the first part of the rudder is is the seven ecumenical councils are in there. And and one is going on right now in Crete. They're having a, a pan-Orthodox council talking about the future of the Orthodox Church. I, I can't say it's ecumenical because I don't think the Catholic Church is there. You know, from the from Rome, because ecumenical means uh, all everybody, and it's I know. So I'm looking at it not only being a pan-orthodox uh, meeting hasn't happened for many many years, but here we are at the W4CY, and we're going to talk about uh, Peter's first sermon today uh, that happened right after Pentecost. See, after the Holy Spirit came and lit on the apostles, that changed them to the point. Where like Peter, who denied the Lord, you know, when Jesus was arrested and taken in, and they said some people are saying, "Hey, aren't you one of his followers?" And he re- denied it. He denied it three times. And then the Lord already prophesied to Peter that when you do that, the cock's going to crow, and you're going to remember these words. And sure enough, it happened. And then the Peter. Uh, repented, uh, bitter tears. Uh, he realized what he had done and and was sorry for it, what he has done and repented from that. And then the Lord, you know, blessed him. Now uh, compare that to Judas Iscariot. He, what did he do? He sold the Lord for thirty pieces of silver, and but instead of repenting, he thought his sin was too grievous, so he went out and hung himself. And, you know, threw the money back into the temple. It was blood money. So then he went and hung himself because he figured his sin was too uh, too big for God to forgive, which is a lie. And because there's no sin except one that God forgives. God forgives everything of sin being missing the mark, not hitting. If you ever shoot a gun, you try, or a bow and arrow, you try to hit the bullseye. And that's what we try to do. But sometimes we miss the mark. We don't hit the bullseye. We're off a little bit. And so that's what we define as sin is missing the mark. Judas, both of them missed the mark, Peter and Judas. But Judas figured his mark was too far off the target to ever come back and be forgiven. And so he takes himself out, hangs himself, and, and commits suicide. But... You know, he even betrayed the Lord at the upper room, the Last Supper. Jesus prophesied that and said, that that person who dips with me in the bowl is the one. And even the apostles were saying, is it I, Lord? Is it I? Is it I? And uh, that's when the Lord said, that one that dips in the bowl with me is the one that is the betrayer. And so... Uh, you know, Judas leaves, and uh, even Jesus says, well, go off and do what you got to do because the Lord already knew what his mission was. And, uh, you know, he went out, got the money, betrayed the Lord with a kiss, 
and uh, we know the rest. Uh, if you read your gospel, you know the rest of the story, as they say. But let's get back in now. Remember, Peter repented and was forgiven, and you know he be, he's one of the chief apostles of of the twelve. Now we were, it went from twelve to eleven because Judas killed himself, so we had eleven, and they eventually replaced him with a guy named Matthias. So they had back to twelve. And I all look at, at at Saint Paul, who used to be Saul of Tarsus. Could he be the thirteenth apostle? Because you know they replaced uh, the missing one with uh, Matthias. But then we find out we see Paul, you know Saul of Tarsus, who was a Christian killer. We see him uh, as an apostle also, because you know to be an apostle you have to be called directly by the Lord. And did not Paul have a one-on-one with the Lord on the way to Damascus? got knocked off the horse, blinded, and all that. And then after all that stuff went down, uh, when Ananias prayed for him and the scales were removed from his eyes, and then he goes out, the the Holy Spirit led him out into the desert, and he spent three years in the desert, and, uh, and the Lord Jesus ministered to him, taught him the catechism for three years. Now, it says that Paul did not consort with flesh and blood, consult with flesh and blood, but, but was led out into the into the desert, and that's when the Lord uh, told him everything he needed to know about his ministry. And so Paul comes back, and yet for if they don't trust him, they think he's a Christian killer. But then, at, after a period of time, they see that wow, he's being beat by the Jews. He's being uh, trying to be killed, and they see that he's he's actually given his life for the gospel of Christ. So that started to turn. The apostles saying, maybe this guy is for real. He is not a, a wolf in sheep's clothing, as we've heard said. You know, and you don't know even today in church how many how many uh, wolves are in sheep's clothing. And you go you go to church and, and you think you know, we're all supposed to see him. In Psalm one thirty three, it says, "Well, all brothers are supposed to dwell in unity." And uh, we go to church with that with that psalm in our mind, and then we can sing that song. Somebody done me wrong, song. But uh, that's where, you know, you can't be angry at your brother. You can't, you, you, even those who uh, hate us and despitefully use us, you know, we're supposed to pray for them. And you cannot do that without the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to talk about that today in Peter's first sermon. Remember now, he's energized by the Holy Spirit. As each one of us, we should be energized by that same Holy Spirit. Okay, it's the same spirit. It's not a different spirit. Remember, I've talked about the spirit of iniquity that was alive that's, uh, in the beginning in the Garden of Eden and has come all the way through uh, into this present age. And even Paul talked about it in the church of Corinth about the spirit of iniquity. So that spirit is out there. But the spirit of, Holy Spirit is a lot more powerful than the spirit of iniquity, let me tell you. And there's so much evidence about that. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to start and uh, jump right into Acts chapter 2 at verse 14, and then I'll read and comment as I go, and we'll see how this, how this plays out. Now, it starts, says in verse 14, But Peter, taking his stand with the eleven, remember I said there's only eleven, raised his voice and declared unto them, Men of Judea and all of the, all you who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you, and give heed to my words. So remember what was going on in Jerusalem at that time. That was a, a gigantic feast that was going on. 
I think in, in the Hebrew it's called Shavuot. And this is uh, like the 50 days after, after pa- Passover. And so they are there. The, the city is jam-packed with, uh, with people. And it says, continue in verse 15, For these men are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only the third hour of the day. Now the third hour is morning. And so they thought they, you know, people listening to the apostles, they thought they were drunk. But they weren't. They were filled with the power of the Holy Spirit that came upon them in the upper room. And so they were, so what they were doing, they were actually speaking in uh, the language of all the people that were jammed in Jerusalem for that, for that Jewish feast. So every one of those people could hear the gospel, the good news. That's what, the, what this means. Gospel is the good news of what, what Jesus accomplished on, on Calvary by his sacrifice. So they could hear in their own native tongue. And they even wondered about that. How can, we, how can these fishermen and these guys talk in these languages when they're not learned men? They're just men of the earth. Fishermen, farmers. So you see the what the power of the Holy Spirit can do, and, and bring bring that kind of uh, energy in, into the human. So verse sixteen. But this is what was spoken of through the prophet Joel. Verse seventeen. It shall be in the last days. God says that I will pour forth of my spirit upon all mankind. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my bond slaves, both men and women, I will in those days pour forth my spirit, and they shall prophesy, and I will grant wonders in the sky above, and signs on the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, and the moon into blood, before the great and glorious day of the Lord shall come. And it shall be that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so Peter's pulling this right out of the the Old Testament of the prophecy of of Joel. And he continues in verse 22 of Acts chapter 2, Men of Israel, listen to these words. Jesus the Nazarene, a man of attested to you by God with miracles and wonders and signs which God performed through him in your midst just as you yourself know. This man delivered up by the predetermined plan and foreknowledge of God, you nailed to a cross by the hands of godless men and put him to death. Okay, so we see that we see the word in there predetermined. So God had already had a plan of salvation worked out for mankind and this was part of the predetermined plan that Jesus would be delivered up into the hands of godless men and put to death on that cross. Remember, at the, when Jesus transformed himself on the mountain, when the apostles were there, three of the apostles were there, and Moses and Elijah appeared to them. You can read that in the Gospel of Luke. And, and Jesus transfigured into the in, in bright, shining light. And Elijah and Moses appeared, and they were talking to to Jesus, and they were talking about Jesus was talking to them about his sacrifice, his going to Calvary for the sins of mankind. 
Getting into verse 24, and God raised him up again, putting an end to the agony of death, since it was impossible for him to be held in his power. That's the resurrection. For David says of him in verse 25, I was always beholding the Lord in my presence, for he is at my right hand, that I may not be shaken. Therefore my heart was glad and my tongue exalted. Moreover, my flesh also will abide in hope, because thou wilt not abandon my soul to Hades, nor allow thy Holy One to undergo decay. Thou hast made known to me the ways of life. Thou wilt make me full of gladness with thy presence. That's out of David. David wrote that. And Peter goes back into the Old Testament and brings this forth to the people of Jerusalem shortly after the day of Pentecost. And he continues in verse 29, Brethren, I may confidently say to you regarding the patriarch David that he both died and was buried, and his tomb is with us today. And so because he was a prophet and knew that God had sworn to him with an oath to seat one of his descendants upon his throne, he looked ahead and spoke of the resurrection of Christ, that he was neither abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh suffer decay. This Jesus God raised up again, to which we are all witnesses. Therefore, verse 33, having been exalted to the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured up forth his which both you see and hear. For it was not David who ascended into heaven, but he himself says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand, until I make thine enemies a footstool for thy feet. Therefore all, let all the house of Israel know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you have crucified. To remember now what's going on with the sermon, he is giving them a little history lesson of the Old Testament, but then bringing it into current relevancy by talking about the crucifixion, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. And he said he made them both Lord and Christ. Lord and Christ. There's two different words there. Lord in the Greek means kyria, meaning the Lord, okay, the Lord of glory. And Christ, Christ is the anointed one to come and lead mankind back to the Father through his, salva- his salvation work at Calvary. Verse 37, now when they heard this, when they heard Peter's words, they were pierced to the heart. And may it be that when we stand at the pulpits and communicate the good news, that we could be pierced of the heart and not just go to sleep and say, well, I've heard this story before and just nod off and go to sleep. That preacher's boring. And, And God has a lot to say in Isaiah about the one who has the good news and brings forth the good news unto God's flock. So, now when they heard this, they were pierced to the heart, and Peter said, and the rest of the apostles, brethren, what shall we do? So that created a question of action. What do we do? So Peter told them, and it's good that Peter had the answer. 
He knew exactly how to fill that answer that question. You know, he said, well, what do we do? He gave him the, the reading of Joel, the reading from David, and he accused them about what happened to the Christ. And Peter said to them, you need to repent and let each one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and then you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's in verse 38. And if you look in the Orthodox tradition, that's exactly what happens. We have not deviated from Scripture uh, one bit regarding this verse because the coming into the Orthodox Church, the candidate who's been catechized, been taught the faith, uh, the doctrine, uh, the theology of the church, uh, before you can even come to uh, baptismal waters, that process of repentance has to happen. That, that uh, not just being sorry for your sins, that's not it. It's turning away and walking in a different direction. Metanoia is a Greek word. It means to turn away. And so when you're, if you're walking north, you'll be walking south. Understand? If you're walking east, you can be walking west. So that's the total 180-degree turnabout. You know, we, have, we get into ruts. We, we have a memory, and those things can be our enemy because if we want to truly repent of our life, we, we have to turn that around and realize that, first of all, it's hard to do it in your own strength. That's why God and his grace is there to help you. If he sees that heart that is towards him, Okay, and then there, he adds that grace to help you turn around and repent. Now, the next part of that formula is baptism. How do we put on Christ in the Orthodox Church? Is through the baptismal waters. If Jesus was baptized and came out of the Jordan, and it says, The Father said, This is my Son in whom I am well pleased, and then the Spirit came upon him in the form of a dove. Okay, and John the Baptist saw all this after he baptized him because Jesus, you know, John didn't want to do that. And Jesus said, no, you've got to do this in obedience because everything is going to be fulfilled here. And that's when Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And then he had his 40-day trial and then being hungry, you know, the last day that Satan shows up and runs the same game on him as he ran on Eve. Eve fell, Adam fell, but the Lord was victorious. Now, don't think it wasn't a struggle in the Lord. He had a struggle. Yes, he was a son of God, and he's a son of man. But even after he he survived this temptation, it said that the angels came and ministered to him. And maybe we, we need to ask for the angels to come and minister to us when we are victorious and turn away from sin and say no, I won't do that because it's gonna it's gonna affect me. It's gonna offend, uh, offend my father. I says, you know, if you are a child of God, okay, you want to do the will of your father, just as my son, his son, wants to do. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. 
I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Be like his dad. It says, I want to be like my father in heaven. And so the heart change and it's, it's that process of the heart being changed that you want to be like the Creator God. You can't be God. But St. Athanasius has told us that Jesus became man so man could become God. As I talked about in the Theosis, a two-part Theosis series I put up. Let's see here. Uh, verse 39, for the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God shall call to himself. Remember that scripture, Chad, it says many are called, but few are chosen. Exactly. Very good. Many are, see, God's got a calling out there, but then that, that narrows down to the chosen part because those of us who respond to that calling, become the chosen we have to respond to the call see god chased me down three times i ran away from god twice i i knew you know there's something about god pursuing you for his kingdom and i said no i don't think so and then another time no i don't think so and this third time which may have been the final time i don't know i responded God sent his Holy Spirit after me. And finally, I was convinced of heavenly things at that moment and then turned my heart to the Lord and and forsook the evil ways, you know, the things of the evil one. As we say in the Our Father, you know, the uh, we say instead of evil, we say evil one. We actually identify who the evil one is in, in the Lord's Prayer in the Orthodox Church. And so I've changed and that's when I talked about in theosis last week, how you change fathers through the baptismal waters. So, like I say, you know, the process, repent, be baptized, and then you put on Christ through this, uh, this going into the waters, which is a symbol of the waters of Jordan. And then we use a triple immersion and, and, and also in the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, the Blessed Trinity, that the child or the adult is baptized and brought out of the waters as a new creature. Goes in as an old creature, comes out as a new. Now that's something, well, gee, he still looks the same. He still looks like Al or Chad, but he's 
different. But see, there's something has changed inside. And so hopefully, see, that's that seed. Even in a baby, when a baby is baptized, that, that seed is placed in there, that, that seed, and hopefully that seed will germinate and sprout forth and bring forth fruit. That's why we don't wait till the age of accountability. We'll go right after by faith and, and baptize these little ones and assign godparents to that child to help the parents train this child up in the ways of the Lord. And if you look in the Scriptures and Proverbs and you look in, in Psalms, you'll see how that's so important. And maybe that's a good radio show for a future, is how important it is to train your children up in the ways of the Lord. And see, uh, so God shall call you to himself. And then by, by him calling you to himself, then that's a shot at becoming part of the ecclesia. That's a Greek word that means part of the church. Because something, ecclesia means something outside of you calls you to itself. That's what the Greek word ecclesia means. And many others and with many other words, he solemnly testified and kept on exhorting them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. I think that even applies to today, Chad, that we have a perverse generation. And he, and he exhorts, them, exhorts them, Be saved from this perverse generation. Because I tell you what, uh, evil, is, evil is all around us. And it's, it's not hard to get involved in the evil. I mean, uh, a highway of holiness is where the Lord wants us to walk, not in the evil evil ways, in the, in the path of darkness. So then those who had received his word were baptized. See, that, see, they received it. If you don't receive that word, then you don't go further with this into the baptism. You have to receive the word into your heart and was baptized in you know, that day about 3,000 souls were added to the kingdom and to the church. Now, I was thinking about that. There's that the, the, actually, the Scriptures say 3,000 souls. And if you think about back in Exodus chapter 32, verse 28, 3,000 were lost because that's when Moses came down from the mountain with the first edition of the Ten Commandments. And what had happened in the camp? He left Aaron, the high priest there, to watch over the nation of Israel, and they went off the deep end, and they made a golden calf. And that angered Moses. He saw what was going on, and God wanted to rub him out right there. Okay? And, and so Moses drew a line in the sand. Choose this day who you will serve, the Lord or not. So 3,000 lost their lives that day because they didn't cross the line. But God being a good bookkeeper at the at at the at preaching of Peter's sermon, three thousand were saved, brought into the church that day. And what did you well, okay, so you 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 repent, you baptized, and receive the Holy Spirit. In the Orthodox Church, that's called the so you have the baptism, and then you have the chrismation, which is the oil of chrism is a physical picture of the Holy Spirit, and then the priest or the bishop will anoint you in several places, your forehead, your cheeks, your mouth, your hands, your heart, your feet, all of that's anointed with the holy chrism. 
and that's the sealing of the Holy Spirit. So in the Orthodox Church, we see that. Repent, be baptized, receive the Holy Spirit, and then in the Orthodox Church, that newly illumined person receives the Holy Eucharist, the body and blood of Christ. Now, what do you do? What do, you do after? Okay, so uh, I just had a wonderful day. I, I, I just got uh, baptized and uh, sealed with the Holy Spirit. What do you do next? I mean, what do you do? Well, it tells us right here in Acts chapter 42. I mean, uh, verse 42 of chapter 2. And they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching or doctrine and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Okay? Now, the apostles' teaching. Well, what is that? Isn't it amazing that we have a document that has existed from the first century? It's called the Didache. They say the what a he? I said the Didache. Now, if you go to my iHeart Radio podcast and scroll down, you will see you know the radio. You'll see the radio shows at the top of the list. But keep scrolling down, and you will read a, a title called "The Apostles' Teaching, the Apostles' Doctrine," and that's what I did. I actually read the whole Didache into uh, the radio, into the podcast. By listening to that, you will get an idea what it was like in the first century to be a Christian and what was expected of you as a, as a Christian. And so the apostles, they had a teaching, and they wrote it down, and it's preserved. And I preserved it on iHeartRadio. So you can go listen to the DDH anytime you want, the apostles' doctrine, or, or you could say the apostles' teaching. And the breaking of bread. What kind of breaking of bread are we talking about, think? What kind of breaking of bread are we going to be doing here? I think we're going to have the Eucharist. Because that Eucharist, which I will talk about in another show, is probably the first time ever since the Lord started it in the upper room, the Last Supper, that was the beginning. But it wasn't celebrated by the apostles until after Pentecost, because that's when the Spirit came. Even in the Orthodox Church, when, when the priest or the bishop asked for the Holy Spirit to come upon us and the gifts, that is the point when we invite the Holy Spirit to change the bread into a body and the wine into blood. Verse 43, And everybody, everyone kept feeling a sense of awe and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. And all of those who had believed were together and had all things in common. That's the way it was in the first century. Do we have it in the, in the 21st century like that? Nah, I don't think so. There's a lot of schism. A lot of schism. A lot of, a lot of uh, sectarianism, as I like to say. And they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing them with all as anyone might have need. Now, wouldn't that be something? If we had enough faith to throw it all into a pile and let the leadership of the church dole it out, but then we have this thing going on, well, I know that guy, he's a crook, and he'll just burn it, he'll buy a big house and, uh, you know, squander it. I mean, all this happens and goes on. But don't think that that person is not accountable before the throne of God when all that comes to the end. 
because all of us have got to stand before the judgment seat of Christ and be accountable for what we did and we did not do. And day by day, continuing with one mind, now that's amazing in itself, one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. He didn't say those who were saved. He says those who were being saved, which indicates if you go back and listen to my earlier shows on theosis, you'll see the process of salvation is dependent upon your cooperation with God. He gives you, he gives you all the equipment you need to be all you can be in God. And so when you're not being all you can be in God, are you being saved? I mean, there's a process, there's a whole process of, of salvation here going on. Skipping down a, a, an aisle and making a, a presentation to the people that uh, I believe I've given my heart to Jesus, I'm going to follow him and, and say that, give a 30-second prayer, whatever, and then go out and live like a, a criminal. What was that? I mean, there has to be a change in that person's life. There has to be, a, as I said, repentance is the means of salvation, that there has to be a turn. You have to turn from your wicked ways, and that's help through the power of God will help you do that and walk uh, a new path, a new way. In fact, it's called in Isaiah, it's called the narrow path. If you walk the highway of holiness that God has constructed, it's a narrow path. But if you're in God's will and, and following that that highway of holiness is wide enough to make it all the way in to heaven. And, you know, it's so easy to fall off that path. All it takes is a... See, that's how easy it is, is not being flowing in the Holy Spirit. If God says do this, you do that. Just as he talked to Ananias in Damascus. Hey, Ananias... I want you to go down the straight street and I want you to pray for Saul of Tarsus. You know that Christian killer? I want you to go down there and pray for him. So you've got to make a decision in your mind. I say, okay, is this God telling me to do this or is this Satan? Because you know Satan's job is to steal, kill, and destroy. So Ananias has to make a decision in his heart. Is this really the Lord through the Holy Spirit leading me to this man? Or am I going to be, when I get to uh, the straight street, am I going to be arrested and killed for being a Christian? Because it, was, it, was, uh, it wasn't very popular in those days to be a Christian in the first century. You know, maybe in the first century, but as we grew, uh, then the Romanist, uh, Roman politicians, the establishment, the kings and Caesars and all that stuff, uh, they saw Christians as a threat because they didn't fall into the same uh, mold as the pagans did. Because they held to Jesus and God the Father and the Holy Spirit. They, they dedicated their lives to the Holy Trinity. And now when, the, when, the, when Caesar says, bow down and burn incense to this false god, well, they couldn't do that. And it cost them their lives. That's why we have such a, a, a bunch of writing 
of what happened in the Colosseums and how they were tortured and killed, the, the first martyrs. What? Well, the church is basically built on the, on the blood of the martyrs. And, you know, we read in, in Revelation that they're not lost either because they're under the altar of God in heaven and they're crying out to Jesus, when are you going to avenge our blood? And that will be avenged someday. But see, we are not to be the avenger of evil. Because as soon as we step into the, into the mix, God, back, God has to withdraw. Because he, didn't he say, I'll share my glory with no one? And that's part of the sharing of the glory. You, you uh, step in, the, in front of God, and he backs off and lets you screw things up. But if you just let him be God and have faith and trust that he'll work it all out, and he may not work it out in your, per, in your current timetable either. It may take, uh, you know, he waits for the, because he's infinite, it has all the wisdom. He knows exactly when to do what he has to do. Yeah, you, know, you think about it in the scriptures, it says he knows the color of your eyes. He knows how many hairs are on your head. I mean, so do you think he, he does? Doesn't even the psalmist say, before you were, I knew you? That's pretty profound in itself. Before you were born upon the face of this earth, I already knew you. So you think he can work out, be the avenger of evil in your life? I mean, we're not supposed to take uh, no revenge. But we, we find ourselves doing it. I mean, I've, I've loaned stuff to people and never got it back. What am I supposed to do about that? Bug them until they return it? Or just say, God, they apparently needed it more than me, and, and I'm just a steward of your thing, so I just, uh, there it goes. I, don't, I guess I didn't need it in my life. So let it go. See, the baggage that we drag around with us will weigh us down. That's why all of it, we shouldn't drag baggage around. We need to give it all to God. Christ Jesus. We need to give it all to him because he's the only one who knows how to filter it out and how to do it right. I mean, I spent many years of my life, the first part of my life, screwing things up. And I still do. But at least I, I know that i got a place where I can go and say, Lord, I screwed up again. Uh, please forgive me. Help me uh, get on that highway of holiness and walk the straight path. I mean, it's, <laughs> being a Christian is not an easy thing. It's a it's it's not for the faint of heart. So I look at this I look at the sermon of Peter and I see those points in there. He he gave them a reference of the Old Testament prophet Joel of King David, and they knew because they were good Jews, they knew the scriptures. And so Peter knew what they knew and, and gave them uh that remembrance and then brought it into current. And so what a, what a wonderful way to put a sermon together is, you know, it doesn't hurt to come out of the Old Testament and then bring a freshness to it. And, you know, when I, I've talked to many priests, and speaking from the heart is so important. You have the Scriptures, you know, learn the Scriptures, read the Scriptures, bump them against the church fathers so we don't have... A, what do you call it? A, we don't skew the Word of God into our own interpretation. But let's find out what the early church fathers said about stuff because they lived, the, they lived an ascetic life. They fasted. They fasted. They prayed. They sought God. 
And every time I read the Church Fathers, basically it looks like I'm reading Holy Scripture, but they put a little, they just change it around a little bit, but it means the same, exactly the same thing. And so there's, there's, you know, the Holy Scriptures and the Church Fathers are in total agreement. And so it's a good thing to bump everything. When you, when you get ready to preach a sermon, I always bump my stuff against uh, first the uh, Church Fathers, and I even look in the Greek and see, because the original scriptures were written in the Greek in the New Testament, and I'll use those, and I'll do a word study to make sure that I, I'm not missing it, because it, it's easy to get a, a different spin on it, because you got so many versions. we got the King James, we've got the new NIV, they got the NAS. I mean, I don't know if you all know what these symbols mean, New American Standard, New International Version. I mean, all these different writings. Even there's some writings out there that change uh, the, the, the Holy Spirit into a female. I mean, because we know that the Holy Trinity is male-based. It's, uh, you know, that's the way it is, you know. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so the, we, we have a, a time of preparation to get ready for a, a, a sermon. A, another word for that is homily, to get ready. And, and to the whole idea is to bring uh, exactly what happened in Jerusalem. Pierce the heart. Get them uncomfortable. And then hopefully they'll ask the question, well, what do we do? What do we do? And then have the answer. Have the answer. Repent and be baptized and put on Christ. What shall we do to be saved? I don't know if that's happening every Sunday or whenever, whenever we get together in the house of worship. And then those who are seasoned Christians, they have a time of learning how to possess their vessel, learning how to be a Christian. And so through the reading of, you know, read, it, read the Word, pray, uh, the Psalms. I mean, the, the Psalms are so beneficial for us. To, to We call it the Psalter in the Orthodox Church, to read the Psalms. To, to equip yourself. So, you know, when you go into Galatians and, and, you're, and you find out, gee, I have to be equipped. I have to put on the armor of God. And there's all these things that we have to do, that we, we know how to do all this stuff. And that's why God has given us teachers and preachers. And there's, you know, what can I say except, you know, let's, let's roll back into the first century here with Peter and listen to what he had to say in his sermon and let it, let all the preachers out there follow that model because that, that, to me that's a perfect model because what, the, what kind of fruit did he get that day? He got 3,000 souls that were baptized and brought into the church. I mean, when we have a service, uh, how many souls are being converted and brought into the church? It's not, I'm not pointing fingers. I'm just saying, our, you know, we talk about the miracle of raising the dead. Did not Jesus raise the dead? He rose Lazarus from the de- dead. Have we raised the dead? And let's talk of spirit. If you're a spirit-filled Christian, are you raising the dead? Are you sharing the good news with the lost and dying world out there? Because it says in Scripture that the fields are white for harvest, and the harvesters are few, the workers are few. And it's not, you know, it's so easy to get, well, that's just, that's your opinion. 
Well, Lord have mercy. I mean, truth is truth. And I even talk about truth in, in, the, in some of my podcasts. Just go back and review. I mean, I have a treasure house of, of, of stuff on iHeart, Oh, Glad Some Light podcast. And I'm not trying to blow myself up on it. I'm trying to make myself anything because I want to be humble. But whatever the Lord has communicated to me, I have put out there. And so I think I have enough out there in the inventory that for any situation that a person has or need or help, you can get some wisdom out of that by going to that Oh, Glad Some Light. And this is not a commercial. This is just a tool to help you be all you can be in Christ. This is not what this Oh, Glad Some Light radio show is all about. It's not just being, uh, hear me blab for 50 minutes, but to be able to impart truth and how to fix stuff. That's what I've done for all my life is fix stuff. And I can't fix a person unless the Holy Spirit's going at it, doing it. All we are is to be a servants of God. And when the Holy Spirit says, do this, you do that, even if it costs you your life. Do we, have it, do, we have what in it, do we have that in us to do that? Is Paul and Stephen and all those martyrs, Peter, most of the apostles, I think all except one, had a martyr's death. Peter was crucified upside down because he didn't want to be crucified like his Lord. I'm not worthy. So they flipped him upside down and they crucified him upside down. Andrew, they, cru- they crucified him in the shape of an X. I mean, so this is what you guys got up. If you want to be a Christian, get ready to suffer. You're going to have to suffer. You're going to have to hazard your lives for Jesus. It's not going to be an easy path, but you're not alone because you got the Holy Spirit walking with you. And your Holy Spirit's telling you what to say and what to do. And, of course, you got your choice of saying, yeah, I'll do it. No, I won't. And that's between you and God. Well, I've done one out of time, haven't I, Chad? Night, Captain. i got to go. And so uh, that's, that's uh, Peter's first sermon today. And I uh, hope you got something out of that because uh, I just feel that uh, that sermon is relevant all the time. That formula works all the time because it was – Peter was inspired by the Holy Spirit to preach that sermon for 3,000 to be saved. And so in my closing, I would like to say, through the prayers of our Holy Fathers, Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy upon us and save us. Thank you for listening to the Oh Gladsome Light podcast. We hope this program has encouraged you to fight the good fight of faith and walk in the accordance with the commandments of our Lord. May God bless you on your journey to salvation. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.